And I walked out of that room and I walked out of my career, my international career. It's widely believed that this is the phone that has changed phones forever. Turning to our top story this morning, and that is confirmation of the first case of COVID-19 in the Republic. I need you to get me your vote on November 4th. Let's get Brexit done. David Bowie has died peacefully in his sleep at his home in New York. My name is John Burton and I'm one of the organisers of the Dublin Bowie Festival. Started up in 2016, the weekend before David died. John, you are a David Bowie super fan. In the last 20 years, the impact of David Bowie dying, perhaps the greatest pop star of all time. And in the last 20 years, we've lost George Michael, Amy Winehouse, Prince, Whitney Houston. Definitely Bowie's uh, death was the the biggest of the last 20 years by far. Ground control to major tongue. It was very brave of a man in 1971 and 72 to go around in makeup and dyed red hair and, and very little clothing. He didn't care really what people thought about him and I think that's the best way to approach art. Hi, I'm Rochelle and I'm John Burton's wife. And when I married John, I married Bowie. I love Prince because he put out great music and he was a great performer. He came to perform at the White House uh, last year and uh, was extraordinary uh, and creative and original. So uh, this morning we played uh, Purple Rain and Delirious just to get warmed up. There has never been a voice like hers. And there may never again be anyone like her. Aretha Franklin, the queen of soul, an icon of American music. Breaking news coming to us here via Thames Valley Police, who have confirmed the death of the singer George Michael at the age of 53. Why did you love George Michael? Because his music is just brilliant. Like the slow songs can help you through a sad time and then the upbeat ones help you as well. Loved it all and it brings back memories of my sister dancing in the nightclub. She loved one of his songs. Fast Love it was called. So Fast Love? But yeah, my sister loved that and so she used to grow up and dance to that so it brings back good memories of that. A legend. George Michael for you, a massive pop star, oh, huge impact. Grew up with him. Grew up, you grew with, up with George Michael. Michael. Wow, man, yeah. I'm an 80s kid. <laughs> Careless Whispers. Had my first dance with my wife with Careless Whispers. <laughs> Singer Amy Winehouse has been found dead in her North London flat, just 27 years old. I love Amy Winehouse and I think she'll always be a legend in everyone's eyes. Her music was brilliant and she touched many people in many different ways. Whitney Houston has died at the age of 48. Whitney Houston. Her music made Tragic. an impact on you. It was her amazing voice and 
She looked beautiful as well. I just loved everything about her. So off you go, Whitney. Off you go. Escorted by an army of angels to your heavenly father. And when you sing before him, don't you worry. You'll be good enough. Time now for the last day of our series exploring News Talk's 20 most influential moments of the past two decades. We've been looking back at a different moment every day, chosen by you, the News Talk listeners. So today it's kind of a series of moments over the last 20 years as we've lost some of the greatest musicians that the world has ever known. Some of the voices that we've lost over the last 20 years. What makes these musicians so great and what does their absence mean to the world? Well, here to talk about it is broadcaster Dave Fanning, who is hosting a, a new two-part show on Virgin, of which we shall speak anon. Uh, Dave, good morning. Good man, Pat. How are you doing? Are you all right? <laughs> I'm doing grand. Now, they were just a, a, a selection of the voices that we lost. Is there anyone yeah. in particular that resonates with you? I would have thought in the last century the death of John Lennon would have been uh, such a moment, but in the last 20 years. Yeah, I mean, like, look at 2016. Most of it's really there. All the bad news, that is, because we're talking here about, you know, everybody from Leonard Cohen to David Bowie, um, you know, to Prince, and like that was all in that year and they'd be the ones from my point of view but I mean there's a strange thing when you look back at a lot of the deaths and it's like one of my favourite bands of all time is the Ramones and relatively young all four of them have died this century Joey Ramone in 2001 Dee Dee in 2002 Johnny in 2004 and Tommy in 2014 there's none of them left so there's weird things like that when you when you just look at all the details and just and also there's plenty saying wow I didn't know he died or she died and then there's others saying you mean to tell me so and so is still alive? 
Well, some of them, uh, you know, reach a good age and they become infirm as with the passage of time. Um, um, Johnny Cash, I suppose, uh, a life of abuse, smoking and uh, the rest of it, drug taking, uh, eventually took its toll. But he died at age 71. Uh, We lost Aretha Franklin at the age of 76. But so many of the musicians uh, kind of died of misadventure. Well, some of the ones you've just played there, I and mean, when you think about it, like, for instance, Amy Winehouse at the age of 27 died of alcohol poisoning. She kind of lost control of her life, if you like, after she met your man, Blake Fielder Civil, and that's just the way it is. He was a kind of a charming addict and brought her down with him, and the court cases galore about that. Whitney Houston, we know she died in a bath in a hotel in Beverly Hills at just the age of 48. Again, she met somebody that would have been better if she hadn't met him at all. And, like, the, the terrible stuff, you know, coronary artery, heart disease stuff, and, you know, that, that was Whitney Houston. And then Aretha Franklin, like, as you say, was a good age. She was whatever it was, 76 or thereabouts. And, like, people know her best through her music. Just, you know, I never loved a man the way I love you. Respect. You make me feel like a a, a natural woman, chain of fools, say a little prayer, all that stuff. And also being associated with the civil rights movement around the late 60s, timing kind of thing. You know, she was well used to the stage and the road as well before that, too. And then she joined Atlantic Records and that was it. But um, the others, like David Bowie, I mean, he he did smoke. He smoked. Any time I ever met him, he was smoking one cigarette after the other and he died of liver cancer supposedly in the end or certainly got liver cancer and um, he had a hard time he had a heart attack on stage and uh, well possibly a heart attack around 2004 and went off the scene for 10 years unlike John Lennon's five years say. and then when he came back people loved his music but to be honest in the 80s and 90s uh, David Bowie was kind of much more ignored than you might imagine. His his impact was so huge for the first 10 albums in the 70s that it kept him going all the way. And he really was fantastic. Leonard Cohen, as you say, 82 years of age. And the most amazing story because all his money was stolen by his manager, who has some Irish background, Kelly Lynch. And there was terrible stuff going on in court cases. And he was a model of decorum about it all, even though he didn't like losing his six million. So he said, better go back in the road and make some money. And he came back in the road for the six or seven years. And people absolutely absolutely loved the last seven years of Leonard Cohen's life. He couldn't sell tickets fast enough. I remember um, there was a kind of a, almost like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones about Prince and Michael Jackson in the early days, um, before Michael was acknowledged really as the king of pop and Prince was acknowledged really as the most prolific composer and innovator uh, of music. Uh, Both of them died when they clearly should not have died. Well, funny, the, the, the Michael Jackson case is still going on in terms of just what kind of medical misinformation and misadventure happened there with him. But Prince was a very sad case because he was taking fentanyl and he, he died of an accidental fentanyl overdose. And that's kind of, you know, it's a lot more kind of concentrated than morphine. It's a powerful opioid. And anybody who knows about OxyContin and the Purdue Pharma people and all that Sackler family, like there's a ter- like 100 people a day are dying there. And these guys, are the most hated family in America and they're billionaires and, and there's loads of stuff written about them and there's a few more books coming out about them too and somewhere along the way Prince just went a little too far and he died supposedly of an accidental fentanyl, over, uh, fentanyl overdose he was one of the greatest because he was such an all-rounder every single thing he touched about you know 100 albums or a thousand songs whatever actually 40 official albums and there's loads more to come from the vaults from Prince if you're a fan I mean, do you think that the risk of an early death almost goes with the territory of being a pop icon? 
Well, it seems to. I mean, another one who died in that famous year of 2016, died on Christmas Day, is George Michael. And he had his terrible troubles with lots of stuff in his personal life, legal troubles, um, arrested for drugs, crashing the same car into the same tree half the time, four different times, I think that happened. He died supposedly of natural causes in Oxford at the age of 53 on Christmas Day uh, for uh, in, uh, in 2016. But um, yeah, I mean, it really does seem to the amount of people who have died uh, in ways that they shouldn't have, i.e. drugs, meeting the wrong people. It's astonishing. Dave Fanning, thank you very much for joining us. We are continuing with News Talks 20 by 20 topic where we reflect upon the 20 most influential moments of the last 20 years. And here at Lunchtime Live... We're looking back on the passing of a music generation, artists and musicians who have passed away over the last 20 years. The artists we lost include Leonard Cohen, Whitney Houston, Amy Winehouse, David Bowie, Aretha Franklin, Prince, died on my birthday, George Michael, Dolores O'Riordan. of the Cranberries lead singer Dolores O'Riordan. The 90s rock star died in a London hotel Monday at just 46 years old. Tributes are pouring in from around the world. David Bowie has died peacefully in his sleep at his home in New York. Once in a while you have to report something that you thought would be the worst thing that could happen and it was uh, singer Whitney Houston. CNN has gotten confirmation from a representative has died. Um, well we were visiting family obviously for Christmas and we were only a few miles up the road so when we heard kind of the news this morning we thought we would just come and pay our respects. Wow, and that's just to name but a few. And it just really makes the hairs on the back of your neck stand up as you realise what musical greats we lost over the last 20 years. But there's something about a death like that. You always remember where you were when you found out. It definitely does mark time for you. So we want to hear from you. Were you a fan of one of the musicians we touched on there who passed away too soon? How did their music make you feel? And and as I say, where were you when you, you heard their news? You can get in touch and tell us about how their music uh, influenced your life. Maybe you went to one of their concerts or maybe you have an interesting story about an artist who is no longer with us. You can text us 53106 at a cost of 30 cent or you can email lunchtimelive at newstalk.com. But we're joined on the line now by broadcaster Michael McNamara. My, uh, Mickey, a, a big music fan. Yes, indeed. Um, talking to you this morning from Dolores O'Riordan's, almost from her village, because I live not very far from where uh, Dolores O'Riordan was, was born uh, in, in County Limerick. Um, as most people will remember me from my time at what was RTE Radio 2. I was on the, the first schedule with Jerry Ryan, Dave Fanning, 
the great Pat Kenny, who I know is with News Talk, uh, uh, back in 1979, and I had... Uh, a number of shows on RT Radio 2. I was there for about, did about 20 years, and they changed me then from Michael McNamara to Mickey Mac. They said that sounded more like a jock. So I suppose living in Limerick, as I did, um, particularly and having a high profile on radio during the late 80s, like, uh, you know, I, I came across uh, Dolores many times when she was going to the secondary school at Laurel Hill, and she would pass where I work, and she remember one day dropping in one of her cassettes to me and said, and very shy, she's such a shy, quiet girl. She said, listen, I've recorded this. Is it any good? <laughs> and wow. I remember saying, come in. And we, I mean, back in 88 now, we, we, all we had was these cassette machines. So come in anyway, should we play it? And then, of course, I heard this voice. And I said to Laurie, this is unbelievable. The recording will have to be better, and we're going to have to do something about the band. So will you go ahead and get a good recording? And, of course... Um, that was so. That's just a day I will remember. And what was she singing? Was it one of the songs that became a hit then, or was she singing a, a cover of something else? Do you remember? Uh, no, actually, I think she was singing a kind of a trad number because mm. you must remember that she, she before she in, in forty at age fourteen or fifteen she was singing trad and she was singing in the church at home. Um, so I mean, she you no, know, she had she all she what she had done is she'd written a song and she said I I've written the song and I was listening more being a radio jock. I was saying, how's that going to sound on the radio? You know, mm, as you do. Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that going to make daytime radio? I said to myself. And I said, well, that voice is so special. And it's so inimitable. And you see, the one thing I can say as a Limerick man is that uh, we have a great Limerick accent. And what I loved about Dolores singing is that she sang with a Limerick accent in the same way that Richard Harris, the actor, acted with a Limerick accent. And I know in the song that she sang for her, her mother and her father, we hear a wonderful Limerick mother, Limerick father. But even if you listen to Zombie, um, she sings it like people at Limerick would say, Zombie, you know. Yeah, yeah. And no, she was, she, she, uh, she was unapologetically herself, and, and rightly so. And what a haunting voice. Do you remember finding out that she was gone far too soon, 46? That's crazy. I remember I got a phone call from Cathy Halloran, who is the RTE. Uh, correspondent in Limerick, and she said, Michael, sit down. I've got ter- terribly sad news for you. And then she said, Dolores has passed. And I, I, I was in quite shock because I remember having met her in, she would often come into Limerick and she would disguise herself. She loved walking around the city, walking up O'Connell Street, walking up O'Connell Avenue, near where she went to school at Laurel Hill, walking down by um, Mount Kenneth past Dolan's great venue where she often gigged in Limerick. Uh, and I remember, you know, her saying that, you know, she would just love to be doing a, a gig once a week in Dolan's. She was at that stage. All she wanted, I think she was, I suppose she was under pressure about Yeah, the, fame's you know. hard and, and living yeah. in the spotlight for people that just love to sing and love to perform. Mickey Max Day on the line because yeah. as we talk to the music greats, it's great to have uh, an on-air great with us along the way. I want to bring in Heidi though. Heidi, thanks for joining me on Lunchtime Live on News Talk. You're a big Amy Winehouse fan, also gone far too soon and what a talent, died at 27. I know, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, it's awful. I actually, I was really young when she died, so I was only 10, 11 years old. So I don't really remember it happening. But after that, it was, it was on the news and TV all the time, and I kind of started listening to her music after, and I kind of discovered her story then. And yeah, just like really, every time I listen to her music, it's extremely emotional, uh, because her stories, her songs are like stories of her own life. 
So she, it's almost like a cry, cry for help. Yeah, she just uh, lays it all on the so line. I remember myself listening to that yeah. CD, her second album for the first time, and it just creeps into your soul, not just her voice, but how she worded pain, but in a way that you still yeah. sang along to. It's, it's what music is supposed to provide, a connection between the performer and the listener. And she just did that like no other. Do you look back at, on, on footage of her, her performing? Because it, it, you can see a, a real decline in her health and it can be, it can be tough to watch. Yeah, I was actually watching the documentary recently and seeing her journey, how she started looking so fresh and amazing as she was an amazing performer and then obviously going downhill later on in her life. And it's, it is hard to watch where um, she's unable to perform anymore. And yeah. Yeah. And like Mickey Mack said about Dolores O'Riordan, living under the spotlight and everything that comes with them doing what they love to do did play a, a part in, in, in making it difficult for them to then live, which is which is really hard. I mean, I think mm. when you hear now that the young people of today, so many of them say, I want to be an influencer, I want to be famous. And sometimes fame isn't all it's cracked up to be. Heidi, thanks very much for joining me on Lunchtime Live. Thank you. Alison is also on the line. Alison, you're a massive David Bowie fan. Hi, yes, indeed I am. Um, even though, like, a lot of, I suppose my favourite stuff is probably from before I was born, but it just really stuck with me so much. That's allowed. I think that the man himself would be very impressed with that, Alison. Um, and have you a, a, a tattoo in his honour? Yeah. I mean, look, I was a fairly hard rock kind of teenager, but I never felt the need to get a tattoo just to be rebellious or, you know, just, just because. And it was actually... Say a week after he died, I really did feel so sad. And I thought, well, do you know what? Now's the time to get it. So his eponymous flash that he has across his face, um, I got I got quite a large one down my side. The Ziggy Stardust. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the one. So down the side of your, your torso? Yeah, yeah, I did. I'd say that was quite painful, was it? Um, not really. It kind of starts at the bottom of my ribs. So it wasn't like the whole way, uh, like, so it kind of goes to the soft middle, shall we say then. <laughs> Hardcore. Um, but uh, and how cool. And I'm sure when people do see it, if you're on a beach or whatever, that it, it, it is a conversation starter. I mean, he was universal, wasn't he? Even the way you say a lot of the music came out before you were born. Like true music, it doesn't it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the age. It just transcends, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Like, I remember I somehow got a hold of it. was It was a best of CD compilation I got from 69 to 74. Now, and I loved it, but it was actually when I got the Ziggy Stardust album and I, I heard five years, I just thought, oh, my God. Like, I literally remember standing. I was about 20 or 21. I was standing in my bedroom and I was just thinking, the world is going to lose so much when David Bowie passes away. And wasn't I right? <laughs> you were, Alison. And thank you very much for coming on. You're listening to Lunchtime Live on News Talk. I was working in Today FM at the time and Ian Dempsey is known for being such a David Bowie fan. And the first thing I thought was like, Alison, oh God, we've lost a great. And the second person I thought of was Ian Dempsey and poor Ian Dempsey and how upset is he going to be? And his phone literally exploded that morning because I think everybody's second thought seemed to be Ian Dempsey, who also has a David Bowie tattoo. Um, 
So thank you to everyone for sharing their musical loves. Uh, Mickey Mac, I leave the last word to you. There were so many greats. I mean, there was one year, I think, there was just music great after music great after music great. But I suppose they all have to go out on a blaze of glory, don't they? It's very sad, though, that the the ladies of rock and roll um, are more challenged by the men. Because you go back to the 60s, to Janis Joplin, Karen Carpenter. You remember the the beautiful Karen Carpenter who sang with her brother? She passed away at 33. Dina Washington, Whitney, Mama Cass Elliot, the great voice of the Mamas and Papas. I mean, rock and roll is very difficult for, for, for ladies. It, it probably, I mean, you know, Blondie is still there. You know, she's, She you is know, still you know, hanging in there. And it, what a it woman. Is and, and, but today, let's just remember, can I just leave you with one final memory that Please. I have of Dolores? I mean, she was huge in France. I remember being in Paris one day in the Galerie Lafayette in Paris, and I'm walking through here, and I'm hearing Dolores on the tannoy coming across, and I say, God, I, I got quite emotional, you know, and, and I went then to another restaurant, and I heard Dolores, like, to hear, to hear somebody who, you, who was brought up out the road in a farm, uh, taking the world by storm, you know, she had a very short life, but we will always remember her, and on this weekend when the Limerick hurlers won the All-Ireland it was wonderful to hear <laughs> You are flying that Limerick flag yeah, Mickey Mac thank you very hear, much for coming on It was wonderful to hear the Cranberries and Dolores Yeah how special and remember back to her handing you that first demo cassette thank you very much for coming on and so that's it that's our 20 moments we've counted them down over the last four weeks on News Talk and now it is over to you we're opening up the vote again you can go to newstalk.com forward slash 20 moments to pick which moment you think was the most influential of the last 20 years and we will announce the winning moment on Monday's edition of The Hard Shoulder Now, we're looking again at some of the most significant issues of the last 20 years. And today, it's the death of musicians. Leonard Cohen, Prince, Aretha Franklin, George Michael, Amy Winehouse, Kirsty McCall, who died 20 years ago today. It's a huge list. But when such people pass away, why do many of us feel a personal sense of loss? Even though we never met them. Vincent McDarby is president-elect of the Psychological Society of Ireland. And he joins us now on News Talk. Good afternoon, Vincent. Good afternoon, Sean. Uh, Does it feel like, particularly for musicians, like we know them, even though we don't know them? Um, It it is, yeah. I mean, I suppose the first thing to acknowledge is that um, grieving celebrities is is perfectly normal, completely, completely natural. I mean, people tend to think that it's irrational to mourn or grieve a celebrity because our relationships with them are they're one sided and they're non reciprocated. You know, in other words, like I might be deeply emotionally invested in a particular celebrity, but the celebrity doesn't even know that I exist. But when we when we grieve celebrities or musicians, what we're grieving is the bond we've de- developed with a celebrity, even though it's one side. And these bonds that we develop with celebrities, they're known as parasocial bonds. And they're, they're basically based on what we project into a particular celebrity. So uh, we, we all project what we think a celebrity's personality is like based on you know what we've seen in the media or the creative output and then we tend to gravitate towards a particular celebrity or mu- musician because we find traits in them that resonate with with our own life and um, i mean we, we see it a lot in in teenagers you know who tend to project idealized personality traits in, into into musicians they're fans, fascinated with you know if you look look in particular at, at boy bands you know they're largely targeted towards teenage girls record companies are really conscious of the fact that their their fandom have these 
projected idolized personality traits of the, the members of the band. They're really careful not to damage them. I mean, we even saw it. I mean, if you look at Beatlemania back in the 60s, you know, at the height of it, all the Beatles were in relationships. But yes, the record company went to pains to make sure nobody's aware of that because they, they, they were afraid it would dent these 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 uh, projected you know um, personality traits that that the fans had about them and if we look at you know more recently the you know like, like i remember when uh, when take that when robbie left take that for the first time mm, and the, the response to that yeah, yeah it was, i mean it was it was like a grief a, a death you know like we saw more recently when was it zane malik left one direction and they they'd uh, set up support hotlines for distressed fans who were experiencing what was essentially grief you know mm. now, as we as as we get older you know we become more cynical and we start to understand that you know celebrities they're not as they're as human as the rest of us and we're less likely to see them in, in a you know such a romantic way but that said you know even though most people won't won't admit it everybody has a you know like a celebrity or someone that they admire and they think that if you know if happenstance just happened to put us in contact with, with each other we'd, we'd be friends you know if i bumped into a much party or however we met you know we'd probably go to a point together and we all do that we, you know we all project this and um, so this, this this is what we're what, what we're mourning and certain celebrities they become you know they can become a real big part of our day-to-day lives so, you know when they die they leave a big hole like we we saw it in ireland you know with the with the passing of jerry ryan in the uk when terry wogan died these were celebrities who we listen to on a, on a day-to-day basis. So there was a national sense of grief. But of any group of celebrities, you'll often find musicians are the ones that elicit the most grief from the public. And there's a reason for that. You know, like scientists have documented, like music triggers brain activity associated with, with memory. So we tend to develop deep connection to certain pieces of music and consequently the performers that we associated with those pieces of music. So, so when that performance dies, you know, it's linked to significant life moments that have a strong emotional impact on us. So, you know, we, we turn to these performers and their music, you know, for, for support at certain times, they become part of our lives. So when they die, it often feels like a little part of us dies too. Yeah, well, because I suppose, especially, well, because it's interesting what you're saying, because say when David Bowie died, uh, an awful lot of people of uh, over a huge age range uh, mourned his death and it was about the music, but it was also for uh, perhaps for many, uh, many of them when they were growing up, they felt like they were the weird kid and th- then they discovered David Bowie and they thought, oh, I'm not alone. And that made a huge difference to their lives. Um and that was taken completely seriously. But when kids were upset about uh, somebody leaving Take That, uh, their parents laughed at it, though they actually would experience exactly the same thing. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's interesting, and it is the same thing, you know, because you know we, we look back at kind of because we 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 can look at you know children's relationships with you know take that or One Direction with a more cynical view because we can see the fact that you know what they've see, what what they believe in that in terms of the, the how the members of the band act and behave is is you know is very often a construct of the the record society. So we tend to be you know maybe dismiss it as as something less, but it's still it's still what what the same thing they feel that we after the death of you know David. Bowie or Prince or that, you know, and and even even for us, like particularly with with David Bowie, you know, there's a you know there's a huge sense of nostalgia in all these musicians. And what people often forget is that the the emotions associated with grief are actually very similar to the emotions associated with nostalgia. And that's a lot of what we're feeling there. And you know, for these musicians, we have a huge sense of nostalgia there. You know, we can remember certain songs are tied into very specific emotive moments in our life, be they positive or negative. 
Vincent, thanks very much uh, for speaking with us today. That was uh, Dr. Vincent McDarby. Uh, obviously, he's a, a charter clinical psychologist and uh, the, the newly elected chair of the Psychological Society of Ireland. Uh, and that's it. They are that they are the the uh, the short the short list or the long list, if you like, uh, of the twenty moments of uh, the last twenty years. And so now we're asking people to to vote again. You can go to newstalk.com forward slash twenty moments uh, to pick which moment you think was the most influential uh, on the last twenty. Years and we'll announce the winning one on Monday's edition uh, of, of the Hard Shoulder. who passed away in 2016. The reason we're playing it is because we're continuing our series here on News Talk, exploring the 20 most influential moments of the last uh, 20 years, uh, the first 20 years of this century. All these were voted on and chosen by you, the News Talk listener. And quite a few people voted on the passing of of different people and a lot of musicians were on that list. Uh, David Bowie, obviously, Prince, Amy Winehouse, Aretha Franklin, George Michael and many more. So we've put them all together to try to to try to remember them and remember uh, uh, the, the, their impact on the world and the world of music and the absence and the void that they have left. And to do so, I'm delighted to say I'm joined by singer-songwriter Brian Kennedy and guitarist Jerry Leonard. You're both very welcome to the show, folks. Uh, Jerry, right. I, I might start with yourself because, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we, we started by playing in a bit of David Bowie there, a man you knew and a man you worked with. Yes, yes. Yes, I got to know David um, in New York City. Um, I got to work with him. I got to tour with him. We made that last uh, record the next day together. Um, and, you know, what can I say? He, it was an incredible experience for me to meet somebody like David who you know we all have our version of David but he truly was uh, an incredible artist and visionary and um, you know tastemaker and and changed changed the musical landscape I think. When you say we we all had our own version of him what, what version did you have before you met him and how did that version change? Well interesting question I I um you know, I, I think I had a pretty standard uh, David Bowie uh, um, experience where, you know, I was totally aware of his music um, and his various, um, you know, he had, his music had changed so many times. Sometimes it was hard to keep up with the different, the different eras. Um, meeting him, you know, brought a lot of, brought it all together, you know, and also, like just experiencing working with an artist of that caliber, it, it it was it was like um it was like going to university for me in a sense. It was it was getting a transmission from somebody who was the real thing. It was like meeting a spiritual guru almost. You know, uh, although we didn't behave that way, we didn't behave in this reverend kind of way. We had a lot of fun. Um, he was always one with a very quick line and you know, uh, not to put you down, but to put you, uh, to keep you on your back foot for sure. Um, but that's the way he was with the world. He challenged himself and he challenged the world. Did, did it change you as a musician? Like when you say it was like going to university afterwards, did you have a, a different outlook, a different, did it yeah, inform your it style? Yeah, it changed me as a musician. 
it's a little hard to quantify because it wasn't like he showed me where to put my fingers on the guitar. It wasn't like he he uh, he gave me a course in in mic technique or you know or you know um, what chords to play. It was a lot to do with um, it was a lot to to do with performance and being present in your performance and uh, finding your strengths and going to the edge of your abilities in a, in a sense of kind of like bringing the music to a higher plane. You know, um, he, uh, he, he taught me a lot. You know, there's no handbook to learn how to live as an artist and a musician. It's something that I've had to kind of learn along the way with many, many mistakes. Um, and he reinforced a lot of, a lot of really good um, values. And and uh, you know sometimes you just need somebody to, to uh, you know give you a hug or to tell you that you're you're doing okay. You know uh, mm. because it's a very fragile world and you're you're kind of you know you're trying to captain your own ship, and there's no real maps out there. Um, so to have, it's like a validation from somebody like that to to. Uh, to do what you do, uh, you know, that's, that's the greatest uh, gift uh, you can be given as a musician or an artist is to be asked to do what you do um, and, and, and to have somebody believe in you. Uh, I mentioned Brian Kennedy. If that doesn't sound too. No, it, do, it doesn't. It doesn't at <laughs> all. Uh, Brian, Brian Kennedy is also on the line. I mentioned Brian, were you a Bowie fan? I became a Bowie fan. But I mean, even in the, I, by the way, hi, Jerry, been a long time. How hi, are you, fella? Brian, how are you, man? Yeah, very good. You know, it's interesting. The last time I saw Jerry, um, David Bowie had just died and Jerry was getting out of a taxi in Dublin, if you remember, Jerry. And I just bumped into you and I said, oh, God, your friend has died. I'm so sorry. You know, so, right. so and, I, and I've been so privileged myself to play with Jerry as well and record with Jerry. So I know exactly the kind of it's no surprise to me, really, that the standard of Jerry's playing was absolutely what Bowie must have thought. Yeah, yeah, let's get him in the mix. You know, I mean, David Bowie, for me, you could imagine growing up on the Falls Road in West Belfast. That's how far reaching he was. He even reached us in the middle of all of that war, you know, yeah, and to suddenly yeah. to suddenly hear ground control to Major Tom, the idea that somebody, you know, was, was go, you know, before we, uh, you know, back in the day when music was quite rightly mysterious and it's so hard to be mysterious these days, you know, the very fact that, you know, the man who fell to earth, that whole idea that he wasn't really a human being, really. And again, the, like I say, the mystery of how records were made, it's not a mystery to me now, but then, I mean, it just seemed like somebody from another planet. And and as, as Jerry quite rightly says, every time he made a record then, and I started to explore his catalogue, it was like meeting a different artist every single time, except, of course, you know, that voice, that unmistakable voice in the middle of all of that soundscape. So, yeah, he became slowly but surely an influence on me. And then I was very fortunate to meet him uh, one day in the street in, in Manhattan, I was queuing up to see uh, the, it was the Matisse, huge big Matisse collection together for the first time, Museum of Modern Art. And he was right in front of me. And I thought, well, I better say hello because I might not get a chance to again. And I said, oh, hello, Mr. David Bowie. And he goes, oh, hello, are you from Ireland? And he got my accent straight away. And he smelled amazing, wearing a big, beautiful, long, dark coat. <laughs> the eyes, those eyes, you know, you cannot take your eyes off his eyes because, you know, they're two different colors. And it was just such a funny little encounter. And he was very friendly. And then, of course, he was whisked away very quickly um, in another entrance and all that. And then I saw him play here in the academy. And again, it was like a lesson in how to be a rock star. I mean, it was just every moment. Uh, he And very funnily, actually, he asked for a cigarette at one point from the audience 
and somebody gave him a cigarette and they lit it for him and everything. He just goes, I came into this world smoking. I'm going to leave this world smoking. You know, <laughs> it's really funny. So funny. But what a privilege to have been able to have a couple of words with him and then actually see him up close in a tiny venue like that in Dublin. And and Jerry, like it's remarkable. Uh, earlier on News Talk today, someone was speaking on a show on Lunchtime Live about a huge Ziggy Stardust tattoo they have on their ribs and they're too young to have have, have experienced Bowie in his pomp and they just it, it, it it's this remarkable legacy that you know Brian talked about it reaching you know him in in, in Ireland in in the midst of war you know north of the border it, it still reaches people today after his death yeah there's there's a universal quality to to his message and his music because he 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 had that ex, you know incredible talent to be able to to read a room, you know, I've never seen a person like that. He he can just walk into a situation almost like what, what Brian was saying, that if you're on the line in the museum and he turns around, he immediately gets you. Uh, and he has this kind of pre-knowledge about the situation. His, his, uh, his writing, um, he, he encapsulates so many things. I mean, look at a song like Changes even, for instance. I mean, is that not the anthem of any teenager in the world, you know, uh, they don't understand me. We need to, you know, forge our own way. Um, and he says it so beautifully, you know, mm. he, he, it's like he, he, he can speak the common tongue and, and, and speak on all, to everybody at the same time um, mm. and lead by example also. You know, he was fearless with his uh, way of, being and dressing and uh, his feminine side and his masculine side and he could rock and be this incredibly like powerful thing and then also be this totally sensitive, um, insightful uh, singer, you know, yeah. all joined with this amazing voice, as, as Brian said. Uh, Brian, I, I mentioned some of the other names as well at the start. Yeah. And Bowie died in, in 2016, early 20, 2016 was this remarkable year for all the wrong yeah. reasons. Uh, Prince, Bowie, uh, George Michael, Leonard Cohen, yeah, George, George uh, Michael. all these others. Yeah. I mean, I know every, at some point we all have to leave eventually, but that just seemed to be a particularly cruel kind of clutch mm. of some of the greatest innovators that, that our planet will ever see. And also, it, it's interesting you mentioned it's those kind of names. It's it's people, it's artists who came up the proper way in the sense that they really started at the beginning, honed their craft, toured relentlessly, you know, so the touring muscle, the writing muscle, the art, the artistry muscle is just so well developed. And these days, of course, that doesn't really happen with what we call artistry these days. And it, it was just such a massive loss and, and a reminder in a way that the only, I suppose the only upside when we lose an artist like that is that we are then reminded in yeah. just incredibly talented they were. And I certainly would say all the people that you mentioned were definitely treasured while they were alive, you know, but at the same time, it's just a wonderful reminder of the quality of the music, the songwriting, the singing. I mean, boy, I mean, say what you want about all. I mean, Paul Simon has that wonderful phrase where he says, you know, every generation knows a hero of the pop charts. You know, all, all, you know, all irony aside, even if Bowie hadn't have written a note, what a fantastic singer, what an amazing singer and musician. And again, like Van Morrison, you know, played the saxophone, guitar, drums, played everything. 
and but then allowed other people to do it in their own way as well. So yeah, and in Crad- 2016 was devastating, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Well, look, as you said, maybe those uh, the passing of those people in 2016, it reminded other people, or it, it opened up their music to people. And maybe this yeah. conversation today for people listening is going to open up uh, a world of music, a world of, of David Bowie and others uh, that, that they haven't been privy to before. And, and it might yeah. be the, the start of a journey, a wonderful journey. Brian and Jerry, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure. And thank you very much for joining me. And Merry Christmas to you both. You too. I'm going to go play some David Bowie now. (laughs) 